When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. It's game week as Utah takes on the Florida Gators. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And Scott. What is up? How we doing, boys? Game week. We're almost there. We're recording this Monday night, the 28th, just days away from Utah taking on Florida. I'm excited, guys. I am excited. I can already smell the cowboy corn dogs. I've been waiting all off season for that chant to light the cauldron. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am, I am just. So excited! Can't hardly wait for that moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting I'm getting my jazz hands ready. You think they're going to keep that, or do you think they're going to change it up? Because that was awful. Um, knowing what I know, they'll keep it. They'll keep it. It's it's a it's an embarrassment. Keep going. <laughs> You're almost there. <laughs> Get louder. Oh, we're. We're going to be exposed by the the 6,000 Florida fans that have traveled to the game. They're going to be like, what on earth is that? (laughs) They're going to be grateful they don't have a cauldron, so they don't have to do something like that. (laughs) They get Tom Petty. We get get jazz hands and loud noises to, to do a fake fire. That you can't really even see from inside the stadium. I wish we put our black sleeves in the cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you, are you guys surprised that they went with the the black sleeves? No, no, no. It's just what Utah does. They pick. I mean, I love going all red. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm a I'm a hundred percent on board with the all red. That's the best look, especially in a in a uh, early season game, September, where people aren't having to wear coats. The whole stadium is just completely red, like it was for Michigan a few years back. You know, that's, that's by far the best look. The sleeves should just, be red. That would be perfect. It's just those darn sleeves. But we're three days away from finding out who QB1, QB2, and QB3 are. So did you guys, did you guys see the, the you know, obviously we, we were blessed with the, the, the lighting of the cauldron, I think. Was that just last year? Or have we been doing that two years now? No, I think last year was the first year for that. So every year we seem to get like a new tradition. Well, this year the new tradition has arrived by the name of The Arrival. Taking the place of the the old Ute Walk, so you fans get to Gate L by three forty five, 
There's going to be music. There's going to be custom cookies and donuts, light snacks, along with a free T-shirt giveaway <laughs> with Swoop on it. Is it the one with Swoop riding on the Trojan? Uh, no, it looks it's just it's just Swoop's head. It's just like a uh-huh. full. It's like a it's like a Swoop selfie. I bet the and, snacks could uh, be the leftover nut shows they didn't sell last season. I've heard about these custom cookies. Utah, Utah's trying to create like a a Utah treat, kind of like BYU has the uh, the uh, oh, cougar, what are they called? Cougar, cougar tail. Yeah, the cougar tail. Well, we probably have like I don't know a swoop cookie or something. You know, I don't know. Nonetheless, arrive early. Go to Gate L. And you can cheer on the team as they arrive to the stadium. And make sure that you, I think they're only giving away 1,500 uh, swoop t-shirts. So no, arrive early if you want one of those bad boys. 150. Oh, it's 150? Yes. That's it? Oh, our budget's even less than I thought. 150? Well, there's only 50 cookies, so... I love Utah athletics. Utah you know, athletics, a tradition unlike any other. You know, Utah athletics, I love to give you a hard time, but I love you. <laughs> you know what? And, and you just always leave room for growth, so that's that's the best part. <laughs> it seems like the, sometimes they just try too hard. Well, we get rid of the cannon, and now we have the arrival. You know, it's like, what are we doing here? We're kind of losing the good things, and we're bringing, we're trying to like manufacture some, mm, some, some questionable things. But hey, at least they're trying. It's better than nothing. But once they try it, if it doesn't work, then they need to, you know, they need to can it, or they need to, you know, make some, uh, make some changes. But the stupid thing is, the cannon was. That was a tradition for decades. That, was, that wasn't something like fly by the seat of your pants, so it didn't work. Everybody loved the cannon. Everybody loved the cannon. It was great. It was great pregame. It was great after a touchdown. It was great, you know, the four, the four cannon, boom, 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 to start the fourth quarter. It was all there, and, uh, you know, Mark Harlan had to come in and say, nope, this makes too much sense. Let's get rid of it. All right. I, in their defense, I will say the entrance is much better. I mean, granted, they have a oh, whole new, for sure. a whole new South End Zone Plaza to and locker room to do it. But uh, as much as we're ripping on them, I will give them credit because the the entrance is great. Entrance is great. No complaints there. What are your guys' thought? We're going into year three. Of uh, the moment of loudness, yay or nay? I like it. I like it because of the way they altered it to honor all past football players that have passed on. I, I, I just wonder: are they going to keep adapting? Are they going to keep changing it? Because last year was different. Is it going to be exactly the same as last year? Is it a uh, little little different? Because I do think. Yes, I think it's awesome to pay tribute to um, Ty Jordan, Aaron Lowe. But I do think 
the focus needs to change a little bit because it feels a little hollow if that is still the main the main point of it. Am I out of line thinking that? No, I, I agree. And I was going to say, I, I, I like it. I hope they continue to do it, but it's got to kind of be refreshed every year. Yes. Yeah. And I agree. I think, I think you need to kind of, yes, continue to include them. I just don't know. I almost just, it kind of feels weird at this point if they're still the focal point of it. And I know that's, that's kind of a touchy subject. Um, and, and I guess my point is it feels like, hollow this far out does that make sense yeah i mean yeah i think the point of it uh, well the, obviously the main point was to honor those two guys um and then it obviously brought energy to the stadium and to the to the game um and if, and if the further you get away from that it doesn't have the same effect yeah, and and I mean they're they're always going to be you know behind it. They're they're the reason it's it's happened. And so I'm not saying by any means to cut them out of it. No, they should always be a part of it. I just I just I just I guess I just wanted to get to a point where it it feels good. It's honorable in the correct way. I don't know. I'm kind of probably not explaining that very well, but um, I'll, I will be interested nonetheless to see what they do this year with it. But what they need to do is get up with the times and get new stadium lights. Oh yeah. They can, you know, you can play the, change the colors, shut them off and on after touchdowns. Well, aren't we still waiting for the two uh, uh, jumbotrons on the north side of the field? Yes. So I'm not sure we're going to get new lights if we can't even get those jumbotrons in. Hey, I just I just hope that their ticket taking scanner iPad things are working because those <laughs> were hit and miss. Every home game, there is some sort of hiccup with the stadium. Hopefully, it goes smooth for everyone. But best. Best piece of advice is arrive early. Get your tickets in your wallet, on your phone, and get there early. All right, let's jump into getting more into this game. Uh, before we were recording, Scott mentioned um, about an interview with Cam Rising. That was Monday afternoon. So, Scott, what do you got for us about that? Well, it was pretty short, but, uh, I mean, he just said that ultimately, you know, he's feeling, uh, I think his exact words were feeling pretty damn good. And uh, it is <laughs> from Bob, Bob Uecker. You can't say damn on the air. <laughs> um, apologize to our young listeners, but uh, no, I mean, it was after practice, he looked sweaty, he looked like he had participated in, in practice. Um, so I don't know. I it uh, he seemed very optimistic. Obviously, we're not going to get anything from him. We're not going to get anything from Kyle until game time. He's kind of alluding to it's going to be a you know right down to the minute type of a deal, or that could just be the the you know their plan to to give to the media over and over again. Meanwhile, they know exactly who's starting behind the scenes, which is at this point, I think we know whether Cam 
it's cleared or not. He, he either has been or he hasn't, and they're not planning on him, or he has been cleared. And as long as everything continues to go well up until the day of the game, I think he may start. I'm feeling it. Bad Moon Rising is playing as he runs out. Can you imagine what how loud it'll be if if he runs out to, to Bad Moon Rising? That place will go bonkers. Uh, it will yes, go it nuts. Will. It will be Britton Covey returning a putt return against Oregon loud. That that's why for that moment alone, I want <laughs> I want to see him because it'll be awesome. To have him run out, the crowd will go crazy. It'll be an awesome environment. I mean, it's it's going to be regardless. But I I don't know, guys. I'm I'm kind of thinking. I might I may be just drinking the Kool Aid here, but I I'm thinking he may he may start. That's two of us. Make it three, Cam. I'll do it. With the way he phrased that. I'll 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 jump on that. I'm sure you would. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I will say this: if it's not Cam, I think it's Bryson. According to the depth chart, Bryson is number two. Yeah, and I, and I don't I I'm not putting a lot of weight into these depth charts because Kyle I he just he screws with them. They're never accurate. Guys guys start that aren't even listed on the depth chart every year. So, you know, I'm 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 not putting anything in regards to that. But I just think knowing knowing Kyle, all right, we're going to hold Cam out. I just don't see Kyle knowing everything that we know about him year after year after year. I just don't see him putting Nate Johnson in in this moment as the starter. You're going to see Nate Johnson a lot regardless. He's got he's got a lot of plays. He's going to he's going to be taking direct snaps. He's going to be running. He's going to be, I would imagine, throwing some passes regardless. But I, I think it's going to come down to Cam or Barnes as the actual starters. I mean, I know that's not a crazy take, but uh, I think that's probably how it's going to play out. Yeah, well, Winningham said this week that even if Johnson doesn't start, he will get playing time. Um, and I think that's good because if Barnes does start over Cam, you get Johnson in the game, get him some reps, and you know, if, if it's a tight game, Utah's down, and you need a spark, he's right there. He's already gotten some reps underneath him in that game. I'm I'm just hoping it's rising. Utah needs Utah needs to start the season off right, and especially what they have this year, what's set up for them, the and the goals, and ambitions, and kind of a, the national attention they're getting. They really do need this game. I think more than just a W in the win column. I think to show the country that Utah's arrived, they need to. This needs to be a a three, two or three score win. Whoa. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, right? And uh, we're, we're going to get to some predictions a little bit later, but there's no doubt about it. This needs to be a statement win. I think whether it's Bryson Barnes or Cam Rising, Utah wins this game. I think we win regardless. But if Cam Rising is close to the Cam Rising in the passing game, that, you know, 
we've come to expect. I think Utah wins this game by two or three scores. I think I think it's a it's a comfortable fourth quarter victory. And that's what needs to happen because all the attention is on this game. I mean, Kirk uh, Herbstreak, Fowler are calling the game. That's going to get eyeballs. It's the only it's the only big game that night. People are desperate for football around the country. Sports Center is going to be broadcasting from Rice Eccles Stadium. So there's going to be a lot of attention. And those highlights are going to be played all weekend long. This could go a long way. If Utah can put a dominant performance together and win looking looking the part, man, that bodes well for, uh, you know, obviously this season, Utah's brand heading into the Big 12. Um, I think I think it looks good, man. I I don't know. But but Kyle. So Kyle had his press conference this morning and he he mentioned how different of a game plan Nate Johnson will be versus uh, obviously rising or Barnes. That alone is why I think you're going to see Barnes starting if it's not Cam is because Nate and and those other guys, they just their their strengths are so different at this point. And I don't think Ludwig's going to mess around with that, really. Does it does it worry you that there's a potentially three different game plans that this team's had to put, get ready for this, depending on who the QB is? No, I I don't I don't think they've gotten that far. I I think they've had a good idea of what way they're going to go for a few weeks now. Yeah, because I would imagine Cam and Bryson's are pretty similar. Um, I don't think you're gonna you're gonna vary all that much between those two guys. It's Nate that is the wild card here. That I think if if Nate's playing significant minutes, I don't think there's a a ton of drop back reads and passing that he's gonna be doing. I think they're gonna get him out of the pocket. They're gonna roll roll him outside try and complete some passes, pick up yards on the ground. Uh, and obviously, you know, regardless of who the quarterback is, they're going to pound the rock, you know, with his O-line um, and what we have at running back, you're, whoever's quarterback, you're going to see a ton of running the ball. So I, I, I just think, oof, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's Cam. I hope it's Cam. We're going to find out in a few days, though. Let's go Cam. Scott, you brought up Kyle Winningham's uh, Monday presser. One comment he made that really stuck out to me um, listening to it is he talked about uh, Jaquin and Jackson and his ability to pass block is really what he focused on this offseason and where he thinks that Utah fans will see a kind of a new element to his game uh, and kind of thinking about it. I know we've talked about this before. He's never had an off season at running back. He got thrown in mid season uh, because of a depleted room. And now that he has a whole off season under his belt, they can use him in that pass blocking schemes. Cause you remember last year was really only Makai Bernard was the only one that they really used in, in pass blocking. And now that they, now that Jackson is up to speed on it, I just make makes him more of a dangerous weapon that Utah can use. Well, and and you and they can just keep him in the game more, right? You know, in those 
obvious passing situations he had to come out and, and Bernard comes in and and Bernard obviously can do a lot in the pass game as well I mean he's pretty good in that regard and from from things I've heard that uh, that's been a focus on JJ's game as well as catching the ball out of the backfield so um yeah I mean that's huge you you've got to protect cam you've got to protect whoever's back there but ultimately cam cam is not going to be able to escape like he has in years past mm-hmm. so you're, you're gonna need a back to step up get that blitzer and give cam that extra second to complete that ball so yeah it's gonna be huge and i i mean i think that i think the biggest thing with that depth chart that was released is a true freshman in Spencer Fano starting at left tackle. How do you feel about a true freshman protecting Cam's blindside coming off ACL surgery? I like it because I called it two weeks ago. (laughs) I mean, it is pretty amazing when you think about it because that's a significantly important position and to have somebody with, no college game experience getting the start there with with what we've heard is potentially 11 deep on that offensive line. That's how good the offensive line is supposed to be. Oh, and, and he, it, it, spe- it speaks volumes, yeah, to Spencer to, to be able to, with that depth, come in and win the starting job. But I'll be honest, I'm I, I, yeah, a little nervous on that blind side uh, with, a, with a true freshman. Hopefully, uh, he, can, uh, he can adapt quickly. Um, but Florida, their DNs, they have, they, they're a little dinged up at DNs. So I believe a true freshman is, um, is starting on the, on the D, uh, uh, D line um, end position for them. So, you know, that, that, that could be good. He's not going up against some uh, um, all SEC type uh, caliber de- defensive end, and so it'll be interesting to see. I totally understand where you guys are coming from uh, with Spencer Fano being inexperienced, you know, covering that left side. But I have faith in the coaching staff getting the best guys out there. Uh, but honestly, when it comes to the end, at the end of the day, Cam's got to stay on his feet, and whatever combination of linemen are out there that that's who's got to help because cam cannot take hits no he can't he can we need we need a healthy cam you know utah i mean kyle winningham's alluded to it they've been through a tough fall camp i think they they maybe pushed the envelope a little much in regards to how physical they want to make sure they're ready for uh, for florida out of the gate and, and uh, you know some injuries have occurred. So, uh, you know, I thought it was appropriate at a time like this where there's so much on the line that we go to one of our good friends who he's, uh, he's a friend of the podcast. He, uh, he's been with us before. He's helped us through some difficult times in the past. If you guys remember early on in the tenure of Utah in the PAC 12, November was not, uh, all that, uh, Exciting to watch for Utah football. The November curse. The November curse. And if you remember what what happened to finally allow us to overcome that uh, November curse was our good friend, Fernando. Fernando Perez. I said he's back. 
We've been uh, we've been texting a little bit. Uh, we've been on uh, doing a little uh, a Zoom Zoom conversations back and forth, you know, to get ready for uh, the year. I was seeking some counsel from him, letting him know kind of what's going on with the Utes, and and ultimately, he sent us a, a, a nice uh, nice little message in regards to camp. My name is Fernando Perez, and today I am praying powerful prayers to destroy. Every work of witchcraft holds camp back. If you're camp. suffering from witchcraft attacks, I want to encourage you Cam. to pray with me all the way to the end of this video because I'm praying for your camp to be set free in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Fernando. I mean, boom. We will be set free. Cam will be set free. <laughs> Well, Fernando, Fernando's just heating up, boys. I mean, he's he he was pretty passionate. Uh, you know, he he was feeling he was feeling. I think he connected with this curse that was in Cam, and uh, he dug down deep to ultimately uh, help help rid this. Hallelujah, Father! I lift up Cam, and I command the demonic oppression caused by spiritual attacks. I say, broken Kyle name, loose them right now in Winningham name. Come out of camp in Jesus' mighty name. Every witchcraft that is affecting camp health, I say be broken right now in Jesus' name. Father, I rebuke witchcraft attacks that is attacking camp health, that is affecting camp rising bodies, that is affecting camp organs. I say loose in the mighty name of Jesus right now. Be broken. Be removed in the name of Kyle. I mean, guys, I've, I've had some back pain and it's gone. <laughs> Thank you, Fernando. <laughs> Fernando, Fernando came through for us. Can Fernando work his magic on Keithy now? Can you imagine Don magic finger sparks <laughs> and, and Fernando together? This sounds like a new NIL. That that's something to look into. But hey, big big thank you to Fernando. He's uh, he always just comes through for us. He's always and, there. Uh, he's always there. You know, he's he's helping us through the rough times, and uh, you know, get rid of that uh, that curse of of Cam's injury, and uh, you know, Keithy, let's go, let's go, Gators. Hey, I know that. Right, we mentioned that he helped cure the the November curse. He helped cure the what was it, the stormtrooper, the all white look. That is true. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. Now, the, <laughs> I mean, this is putting him to his limits. This is putting his limits, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this is this is uh, you know, witchcraft is no joking matter, Cameron. I'd wipe that smile off. Her face, if I were you. All right, appreciate Scott getting Fernando uh, those interviews. We do got to get a break when we come back. Let's really hit into this Utah Florida matchup. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our Utah takes on Florida Gators this coming Thursday. And Florida named their starting quarterback, Graham Mertz, a transfer from Wisconsin. He's got some experience under his belt. Not the flashiest, I guess, quarterback, especially compared to what Utah went up against Florida last year. I, I kind of like that matchup. Not as mobile, more of a pocket passer. I think that's where Utah defense really thrives because they just pin their ears back and get to the quarterback. Well, there's no need for the cage rush with uh, with the pocket passer, right? Just, uh, just tack. That's where Utah's D-line historically is at its best. But it's going to put some pressure on uh, the secondary because they're going to throw the ball um, and they're going to run the ball. I mean, they've got two absolute elite uh, running backs that are going to be they're going to be difficult. I mean, they they had Etienne had some big runs last year against us, um, but they're stacked um, at the running back. So. It'll be interesting to see kind of what their game plan is. Are they gonna Are they gonna try and just run it down our throats? Um, are you gonna see kind of play action? Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we will. The secondary most definitely is gonna be tested by Mertz. Good good uh, chance to see what potentially could be the best safety duo in the country. How, how do you guys feel about Cole Bishop at free safety? I don't know. I'm kind of I'm interested to see it. Because what we've seen of him so far is more of a, you know, coming up to the line, more of a run-stopping safety, um, laying big hits, rushing the quarterback off the edge. So it'll be interesting to see him back there. I mean, he, clearly he's got speed. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see him play that position. No, I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. Um... I mean, the fact that Kyle and Morgan are so hyped about it and and pubbing it up, obviously they're they're pretty darn comfortable with it. Uh, I think we are going to miss him in the in the run game, just having him close to the line of scrimmage. Um, but I think it's kind of exciting. I mean, Vaki Vaki's an absolute stud, and I still I still think you're going to see at times three safeties on the field. Um, you know, I've even I've even read that Jonathan Hall, who's a backup. Uh, wait, Drew, who, who's breakout player? I think that would be yours, Cam. Thank you. Thank that, you. Uh, I, that he, we may see him in the games when uh, there's some heavy tight end formations from the Gators and obviously any future teams. So um, that, that's the thing with Morgan Scally is he's pretty darn creative and he finds little little changes and little nuances um, to bring bring in some different alignments um, and just kind of keep the offense guessing. And so I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited what the, what they've got um, on the secondary. And realistically, from what we saw from Nate Ritchie as a true freshman, he's going to demand some playing time too. So there's a there's a bunch of different weapons they can throw out there. I'm a little surprised Miles Battle is did not win the starting job over Broughton. I think it comes down to what color Gatorade 
he's going to barf up in the first five minutes of the game. Well, here's the thing. If he barfs it up, that's the bad omen. We we don't want – that's what we cannot have happen. But being that it's a home game, I mean, we're looking at what, like 70-degree weather? I mean, it's it's going to be perfect. It's uh, There's going to be no need for vomiting off the sideline and cramping. We're not down in Florida. so. But I, I, I am a bit surprised that uh, the Broughton – Kind of held on to that starting spot. I did not think he was going to. You know, the last couple of years he's been the starter, but due to injury or getting outplayed, he's never finished the season as the starter. No. Well, and especially with Miles coming, he, I mean, Miles was a starter in the SEC. So the fact that he's not, now I still think Miles is going to be on the field a lot. And you're going to see him, and and you know what? If Broughton can continue to hold down that that position, that just tells you where we're at defensively, and depth wise at corner. So that's huge. Um, but Teo Johnson gets the starting nod at nickel. So when you've got Vaughn, Miles, and Teo on the field, you've got three corners who are all over six one. That's pretty. That's pretty rare. Yeah, that is pretty rare. Yeah, I was going to call it that nickelback position because Smith Snowden is lifted at, at the two at the nickelback. I was surprised My by that. My breakout player. Your breakout player, Ryan. That's interesting. I didn't thought about him um, as a nickel, thought more of a more of a traditional corner. Um, but I get, you know, trying to find spots where he can get on the field. Uh, but to your point, Scott, I, yeah, this secondary is going to be challenged. Yeah, Mertz is going to throw the ball, and I mean, there's there's a lot of talk out of out of Gainesville that he's done well in spring ball. Um, he can throw the ball; he's throwing it accurately. You know, he he wasn't great at Wisconsin, and uh, you know, I I, I I saw a comment today that uh, Wisconsin's uh, coach uh, Chris uh, mentioned that they they misused him. And uh, ultimately, will that uh, him getting just kind of a, a new a new start with a you know in a program that has better athletes that's you know throws the ball more in general than Wisconsin did at that time, you know he could have a breakout type season, but hopefully he's got some early season struggles uh, still. Um, but I yeah, I mean I think it's going to be a battle. You can't come out of this game getting. Uh being on the wrong end of the highlight reel of a Florida quarterback again. No, no. And you've got, you've got to get to Mertz, right? Mm -hmm. Again, he doesn't have that ability to just kill you in the run game. So you have to just, you have to come after him. You got to put pressure on him and, uh, um, make him, you know, if you can make them somewhat one dimensional early and just force them to keep running the ball, I mean, that just kind of plays into Utah's strength. Our D-line, now assuming all of our guys are healthy and ready to go, dude, this D-line is absolutely stacked. From tackle to the, the ends, if, if we have trouble stopping the run, I am going to be very surprised. Well, wasn't that kind of Utah's issues last year against Florida was kind of stopping that run, and really their tackling was just terrible. In that first game against Florida, yeah, tackling was awful. That was that was the key takeaway. But outside of 
a few spectacular plays that Richardson has had that kind of were game changers. Their their running backs ran all over us for a good portion of that game. And they're back. And uh, I mean, it's kind of a two headed monster for them. So if, if they, if they get success and, you know, we, we know full well, I mean, Whittingham preaches it all the time. If you can run the ball, keep, keep picking up first downs, extend drives, keep that clock moving. That's, that's an absolute killer. And so Utah's going to have to, they're going to have to be focused on, on stopping the run and getting, getting Florida off the field. I mean, we haven't even really talked about, you know, with the running clock, you know, Kyle Whittingham estimates that there's probably going to be anywhere from five to eight less offensive plays per team every game. Right. And so that just that just further it, it accentuates the ability. Hey, if you can run the ball now, you can eat up way more clock and uh, and and we're obviously wear a defense out. The question is. All right. Florida, they don't come west very often. They don't play at altitude literally ever. Is that going to play a factor? Have you guys heard about their travel schedule? I heard that they're flying into Salt Lake Wednesday evening. With a stop, with a layover in Dallas the night before. No, they're, they're, they're coming. They're, they were. That, that was the original plan. They're coming in Wednesday. And uh, based off of their research and talking with NFL teams, it was best to get in and get out as quickly as possible um, when you're not used to the altitude. But now with Hurricane, is it Harvey, Leroy? I don't know which uh, which hurricane it is, but it's coming for Florida. So they're now leaving. They're leaving tomorrow. They're flying to Dallas. They're going to spend the night in Dallas, and then they're going to uh, fly to Utah Wednesday. Does that – that seems very odd to me. Why Why? Why, do, why would you want to travel back-to-back days before a big game? Didn't – do you guys recall what Utah did last year when they went to Florida? Yeah, I think they acted like normal human beings and got on a plane and flew there and played in a game. <laughs> Like there wasn't, you know, there really wasn't anything fancy. Drink a few extra Gatorades. Broughton proved that they were doing that. <laughs> but I mean, ideally, I, I just don't, I, I guess I just don't understand the science behind, hey, we're going to go to Dallas and we're going to spend the night and then we're going to get our team back on another airplane and travel again. I mean, I mean, I guess they're sticking to their guns of not being at elevation more than they have to be. So they're going to, that's why they're, I guess that's why they're stopping in Dallas. I would think you'd want your body to get used to it. But I think that's the the research they did said it takes 10 days to actually acclimate to that. Oh, dang. That's according to what they say, their research said. What what does WebMD say? It says the Florida Gators have gonorrhea. <laughs> so I mean, if if that I thought true, that was Arizona take... State. <laughs> oh, nice. Sorry, go ahead. But, right. but if it's if that's accurate, if it takes several days to acclimate to a particular altitude, then that probably is why they don't want to get here two days before because then it just 
it doesn't help them any. I don't know if it hurts them, but it doesn't help them. You you would think though the second or the third day would be more beneficial than the first, but I don't know. Obviously, there's some science behind it. They they feel pretty confident in uh, in uh, in that approach, clearly. But I don't know. I mean, flying on an airplane it kind of wears you out, and if you're going to do it back to back days and then you're at elevation, I don't know. Seems strange. Yeah, which this makes I just long think- days. Wear these gators out. Wear them out. The second half, they could be they could be done. Run the ball. All, all that travel also quit. limits your ability to be on the practice field, even if it's just walk through stuff. I mean, I I just still go back to last year how everything was about the humidity, the humidity, and <laughs> how that was a big factor in the game. And now it kind of it's just kind of funny because now altitude is a problem but you look online and everyone's saying it's not that big of a deal it better be a big deal it better be a big deal thursday night cam i'm i'm banking on it there's a reason the denver nuggets put 5238 on their free throw line so or how 30 i don't know whatever the accurate number is for being a mile above sea level it's probably i mean these these are obviously well-conditioned athletes but it will affect them, but to what extent in such a short period of time, I have no idea. I'll tell you what, JJ's running the ball down their throat late in the fourth quarter. I think they say, hey, let's get back to Florida. Let's get that plane revved up. Let's go. I, mean, I, I like our chances if it's uh, if we're able to run the ball and the, and the game wears on because if they, if they can't tackle in the first and second quarter, they definitely aren't going to get to it in the third and fourth. All right. So if we if we if we're gonna if we're break breaking down our offensive approach, obviously we don't know who's at quarterback. We all think, hey, if it's if it's uh, if it's not Cam Rising, and it's Barnes, well, we're gonna we're gonna be very cautious in the passing game, and uh, we're gonna just gonna run the ball. Do you think? Utah comes out with any different game plan other than that. No, no, I really think that they put their whole trust and faith in that running back room. Kyle has been singing their praises all off season. And then today he's even talking about how Glover is the most improved player in that running back room. So I honestly believe even with cam is there just with his limited action in the off season coming off the injury, I, I solely believe that Utah's going to be running the ball a ton against Florida. I mean, obviously the running backs are key, but the offensive line has got to create the holes. That, that's the key to the running game. Well, there's, there's, there's talent and there's experience you know, on that O-line. I think uh, Phil Steele has Utah's O-line as top 10 in the country. I mean, it's a big challenge going up against uh, against these guys, but I mean, this is where you've got to prove it. I mean, you you've got to be ready to go. You cannot. I mean, it was just a couple of years ago. Remember, it took till like week five for the O line to finally figure it out. Once they did, they were they were rock solid, but they were slow coming out of the gates. You cannot do that with if you if you got Barnes back there or even a hobbled rising. Eh, and and you 
you're giving up pressures. You're letting guys just run free into the backfield or you just cannot create holes in the run game. I mean, it could, it could be brutal. So I, I actually think how the O-line looks is probably the most important unit in this game. If, if they are a well-oiled machine and dominant, I think we roll. But if, if they're not ready to go, man, makes me I mean, a little think, nervous. Yeah, I think the good news is we've gotten, we've had several seasons, even recently, where there's been talk of the O-line being unsettled the week of the game, or week at least the week prior to the game. And, um, and Harding came out, I don't know, a week or two ago and said something to the effect that the starting five has been solidified for a little while. And they were just trying to figure out uh, the, the backups. So they obviously say things that, you know, they're not going to give away a bunch to the media, but that, I think that bodes well. All right, before we wrap things up here, let's go around and kind of give you know, our thoughts, our final thoughts for the game and predictions. Scott? We'll kick it over to you. How do you think this game will go, and what's your score? Oh, all right. Well, I'm uh, I'm going a little bold. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I mean, I've been back and forth. I've been I've been on the Johnson train. I've been you know coming to terms with Barnes starting, and now I've got I got full belief that Cam Rising will be our starting quarterback Thursday night. I think I think the Utes defense is going to be lights out. I think we hold Florida. Um, I don't even think they get to 20 points. I think uh, defense is going to play a masterful game, and I think the offense is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I think we're going to roll. I think Utah wins big. I'm going a final score of 41 to 17. Wow. wow. Right. What do you got? Statement, boys. It's a statement. I like it. I like it. We talked about it earlier. It needs to be a statement game. Um, I think I'm with you. I think Cam right. I think Cam comes out as the starter, and I think the first quarter is probably a little bit slow with each team feeling each other out. But I think Utah Utah pulls away and wins it by a couple of scores, thirty-four to seventeen. I'm not going nearly as high as you guys in the score, if I'm being honest. And it's not because I don't have faith in Utah putting up points. I kind of feel like they are going to hold a little back this this game. Maybe with Cam with Cam coming back, because I, I, I do think he will play. Uh, I don't think they want to push it too much. So I think Utah is going to run the ball. It's going to drain that clock down. It's hard to gauge where teams are at the beginning of the season, right? But if you look at last year and, and kind of a trend over the last couple of years, Florida's not great at stopping the run. Uh, about Ranked about 100th in the country over the last couple of years at rush defense. So I think Utah's going to be able to run the ball. They're going to just kind of use that clock down, just get a victory. But I have Utah 28, Florida 14. Even lower point total on the Florida side. I like it in the teams. If that defense keeps them in the teams, that Utah, Utah will win. That will do it for this episode. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. 
<laughs> I was waiting. That's, that's drum, the letter N, and feather. I'm going to stop saying that. Scott, where can people find you? Well, they can find me at the arrival at 345 Gate L on Thursday afternoon, Mountain Standard Time. I'm going to be in my Swoop t-shirt that's probably either four sizes too large or two sizes too small, depending on which route they went. And I'm going to have a donut in one hand. I'm going to have a custom cookie in the other. And I'm going to be saying, go Utes. Let's go, Cam. Welcome to the stadium, my friend. Go Utes. What? What was it? What else was? It? What else did you want from me? Your your Twitter handle would be good. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, after Gate L, I'm gonna go to my seats. But from then on, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Uteman underscore forever. That is Uteman underscore forever. So you can't accept you can't get data while you're in the stadium. No, no, yeah, I I do not expect that to be an improvement. Uh, um, but hey, while I'm waiting in those, uh, you know, hour long lines for a hot dog for my son, um, because he the custom cookie just didn't quite get him through the game. You know, at least I'll be able to watch a video or I'll watch one of the TVs from the concession stands that they installed last year. So at least we got that. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast, and you can listen to us anywhere you look to a podcast at our home at utahmanpodcast.com. And hopefully Utah starts off the season with a big win over the Gators and go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes will be tell I die kai We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.